Welcome to episode 205 of the Two on Three podcast, the podcast that hopes to make you unexpectedly laugh out loud in public so people will give you weird looks. I'm Ty, and you can find me on Twitter suffering secondhand embarrassment to the people mad online about family-friendly space adventures at S-E-A-T-J-K. And with me as always is Chris. Did you know Star Wars is bad, Chris? <laughs> it is it, it's like anything, it could be used for good or evil. It's, I think that's actually what they're trying to teach us it, with regard to the Force. And you can find me talking about similar things at C.D. Villasenor on Twitter. Are you weighing in on the, on the, the Star Wars drama? <laughs> no, because it's ridiculous. And I just want people to tell me stories. And I become less and less concerned with how people are using these stories that aren't me. So whatever you're out there doing... If you love it, you hate it. I really don't give a rip because it doesn't affect how I enjoy my content. Now, I didn't plan on talking about this, and we'll, and we'll get into this just a little bit later, mm. but maybe I'll save this for you. I'll, yeah. I'll come back to that. We'll come back. Let's to come this. back to it. All right. We'll interact with the show on Twitter at 2on3pod or hit us up via email at Hello. at 2on3pod.com. You know how much we love to hear from you. On the menu tonight... We're going to get back to a topic we left on the table from last time and talk about whether or not it's okay for your current significant other, uh, significant other to get mad about things that happened with your previous significant other if it happened in public and you're a public figure. And then Chris has for us. Well, we're going to jump into the it, golf is living La Vida Loca right now. That's what and, that is. And we're, uh, and we're going to jump into what the hell the sport of golf is doing it to itself right now. Okay, and then I'm going to come back with, uh, we're going to keep it simple. I think probably spoiler-free. We're going to talk a little bit about Obi-Wan. Mostly, like, these are my complaints. <laughs> <laughs> nobody, I, nobody listening to this show isn't caught up. So that's, I think we're, we're pretty, I feel like we're free to just jump into as many spoilers as you want to. But uh, that dovetails into my um, legacy sequel chat, the power of a legacy sequel done right or done wrong. Are we going to feel the need for speed? Oh, for sure. 100%. I'm like the only person that hasn't seen it. You know why, right? <laughs> your, 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 your wife won't let you leave the I'm, house. I'm not going to the theater. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Maybe during the day. No. Yeah. All right. Uh, and then uh, I want to finish up with uh, how soon is too soon to quit a new job. And back to you for talking a little bit about some, you know, some prestige series. Okay. That, I'll, that, I'll, that will remain nameless for now. Okay, then it's time, uh, time for Dad Jokes of the Week, and we'll see if there's any time left or anything left for the overtime. Chris, before we dig in, um, did you put in, in for your master's tickets today? No, I'm not. I, I don't play this lottery. It's just it's just fraught with heartbreak. And you don't want to play the lottery of disappointment? No. Well, even if I won, that might even be disappointing, too, because that's a, if you win, that's that's 10000 bucks out of your pocket like to, to make that weekend happen or to make that trip happen one day i have to go i i've never gone i have sure. to go i mean i agree but i, I don't know we'll see no no i did not put it did you of course this is the lottery of disappointment <laughs> and, and this is one of those um dogs chasing cars what would the dog do if it actually caught a car i, I don't I, know what i would do it would well, it for would, me i would get in the back seat <laughs> i'd be like yay it's like oh no i better save my money because now i have to go and i'm gonna buy four thousand dollars worth of merchandise well it's that's gonna... that's a self-control issue <laughs> right that's why i'll just watch it on the tv all right well here comes the waiter let's get started yum 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 all right so i was recently told a story about some seattle public figure so local famous Specifically about a former Husky quarterback, Hugh Millen, who uh, was a, a radio personality. Now, apparently a, a former radio host here in Seattle by the name of Mitch Levy and a, 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 conti- a current radio host by the name of Dave Softy Mahler were talking on the radio about the fact that Hugh Millen had once paid for um, his current girlfriend, Lisa Guerrero's breast implants. And <laughs> did you wait, want to react wait, to wait, that? Wait, hang on, hang on. Hugh Millen's current girlfriend is no, no, Lisa no. at the time. Sorry, oh. time, girlfriend at the time is what I meant to say. All right, Hugh Millen. Yes. Hugh Millen. Hugh Millen could get a Lisa Guerrero, uh, and apparently aftermarket parts. Well, well, good for him. All right. So Hugh calls into the radio while this is happening 
to clarify. He didn't pay for them, but rather he loaned her the money for the surgery, which she then paid back. He specified that there was even a signed agreement. (laughs) And apparently Mitch Levy was very taken with the story. And his wife came to be aware, his current wife, not Lisa Guerrero, Mm. his current and still wife, I believe, came to become aware that this was discussed on the radio and was apparently, you know, pretty upset that, that, that it was just that, that to find that out. I don't think she was aware. My understanding is she was not aware that he had done this. Okay. And she wasn't mollified by his ex- explanation that it was a loan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my question for you is, one, do you think that uh, Hugh should have told his wife that he loved her so much he wouldn't even make her pay him back if she wanted the same deal? <laughs> <laughs> the... This is a this is a very sticky situation for any c- couple, right? Especially a couple that gets together later. Like my wife and I got married in our early 30s, right? So you've lived you know, I've lived a single person's life sure. for a good long while. And she doesn't need to know <laughs> about certain things that happened in my 20s. Like number one, they don't concern her, and number two, they don't concern her. Like, <laughs> if she asked, if she heard a story from somebody and asked me directly, "Hey, Chris, did this happen?" I'd be like, "Yeah, that happened." I'm not gonna lie, but I'm also not going to tell her any stories that I don't really feel like she needs to know. Now, she doesn't listen to this podcast, right? Sometimes she does, but and has she ever like come back to you and you know? brought up something that you had said on the recorded airwaves as they were. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. And she'll, she'll say things like, I don't remember it happening that way. (laughs) (laughs) Or she'll say, I didn't know that. And tell me more about that story. And I'm always happy to tell her about that story, but this is, but I don't live this kind of life. I'm not Johnny Depp. <laughs> you, know what I mean? you are though. You are now. That's why I ask you is you have more recently become what would qualify as a public figure. Yeah, that's true. But all of I, there's nothing that I've done in my past that I, that I couldn't defend. And, and from Hugh Millen's standpoint, this is an, this is easily defensible. Even if Ms. Guerrero didn't pay him back, even if he, as a, maybe he gifted her boobs. <laughs> like, why would he have to explain that? The, there's no re. It, it, it was his girlfriend at the time. He gifted her some boobs. No big deal, right? I don't see the big deal, but apparently Hugh had to sleep on the couch for at least a few no, nights. I mean, that's gonna it's gonna get you in the doghouse, no question. But th- that's what I'm talking about. Like this is, I didn't. We didn't work together. Like I don't feel like this is a justified anger. I feel like Hugh is unfairly maligned here. I, Although agreed, the the hilarity the- of hearing yourself discussed on the air and being like, I gotta call in. These guys, they don't have it right. <laughs> It was a loan. She she paid me back. I didn't buy those. I financed yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, rock stars. If you're if you're gonna date professional athletes or rock stars or whomever, or backup people quarterbacks, who have backup quarterbacks, even the backup quarterbacks, you know, pull a decent amount of wool. I mean, this is the you know, this is the kind of this is the kind of like life they get to live. That's just how it works. Yeah. And if you get married to one of these people, you need to know that that especially don't quiz them about their college years. If you are a high functioning division one quarterback for a top 20 school, mm-hmm. holy moly, you do not want to hear the stories that your husband is going to tell about his college days. You do not want to know them. Stay away bet, from them. I bet for the NFL backup quarterbacks, it works a lot like being a theater kid. Like the theater kids, and I know from experience, there's a lot of hooking up going on. Sure. Okay? Backstage, it's dark. There's a lot of downtime. <laughs> <laughs> so stuff happens. Right. I'm willing to bet that in the NFL, like sort of miasma, that you are sort of like the person who's not on, in the play, right? You're not, li- quite literally, you're not in the play. Mm. Um, and so you have a lot of time to sort of chat up the media lady. <laughs> sure. Now, now the question is, did he run afoul of, of, of our current climate? In the past. Likely. You shouldn't chat up the media lady, right? If you're the backup quarterback. <laughs> likely. It's likely it'll happen. And it's and if no one's pressing charges, then 
all is fine. Well, Deshaun Watson has all the charges, so right. <laughs> I don't have to worry about it. But right. from his, from, so back to Hugh, you know what? Just go ahead and take the doghouse. You're in the doghouse for X amount of time. Take the punishment. It's fine. You, it's unjustified. But your wife needs to process this. And in her processing of the fact that she now realizes that this is but one story right. of your life that bubbled up, you're going to have to let her, you have to give her some space. And if she needs some space, go ahead and give it to her. But in the public, in the court of public opinion, everyone would probably say, at least I would say, you did nothing wrong. And, <laughs> and whatever happened in a previous relationship has nothing to do with the relationship that you're in. You know, everyone makes goofy mistakes or does stuff. I mean, there are a lot of people who bought cars and rings and things for previous, you know, girlfriends. For sure. And now, that and that money goes away and you know, and most of us just learn to live with that, right? I think so. And I can almost hear the argument happening in my head though. I'm like, this is I didn't want to hear about this Hugh on the radio. Like you prefer <laughs> I tell you in advance. About how I bought an ex-girlfriend her rack. <laughs> which which he probably even forgot about until they started talking about it on the radio. He probably hadn't thought he probably hadn't thought about it in a while. Oh. Like, oh right, I did that. Oh. It was alone. Moving on. <laughs> All right. Speaking of making poor decisions <laughs> or decisions based on money. The um the the world of golf is going through a bit of turmoil right now. Mm, yes. So yes. Yeah, so this so just to bring everybody up to speed, the Saudis have created a golf league. And they have pumped so much money into this, it, it just ridiculous amounts of cash that it's drawing some of the golf's biggest stars into it. Eh. Yeah, uh, I mean, biggest stars by name recognition. So a lot of golfers who've had successful careers, who have a lot of name recognition in the golf world, are taking the cash and going to play in this particular league. All right. I'd say it's a select few, but sure. It's a select. I, f- uh, no, it's more than a select few. I mean, it's... <laughs> I'm just talking a, about of, of people with a lot of name recognition. So you, you said... A, there's an easy dozen people in the who are participating this week who are... Very recognizable to anyone who follows golf. Fair enough. The, the big problem that most people have with this, and the, the term is sports, sports, wa- sports washing. Mm-hmm. They're, they're trying to take all this money and, and shine up their own personal reputations as, since, you know, the Saudis are, they play a little rough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is, it's just a different version. The golf version of World Cup by, brought to you by FIFA in Qatar. Right. <laughs> exactly. It's just a bunch of people with money who are trying to leverage something mainstream in order to make themselves more mainstream. Yeah, and, I think it's a money laundering operation. <laughs> and they have poor reputations with regard to human rights and other things. And so justifiably, a number of people in the in the quote unquote proper golf world have a real problem with this. Right, we covered a little bit of this a couple of weeks ago when we talked about whether or not the folks, who was how much of it was posturing versus yeah. like really deep held like animus. Mm-hmm. So the so we've seen now that they've they've opened up the checkbooks and they're writing millions of dollars to people for washed golfers. Right. So the biggest name that has crossed over, well, it, it should have been Mickelson. Should, should have been the biggest name. But I don't know what happened. He he's broken, and on the <laughs> and I don't know what's going on with him. But there's something interesting there. But Dustin Johnson, you know, a, yeah. a, a main he's he's part of the marketing of the of the tour. He's, he's retiring. He's essentially retiring. But mm-hmm. they, that's why he they, just that's why they finally got married. He's <laughs> like, all right, I don't need to spend all my time paying attention to golf anymore. I'm going to take this guaranteed payday. And that's going to be the rest of my career because I don't really care about actually winning more majors. And people are estimating it to be north of $125 million. Right. And he hasn't been playing great. And he's made what? Like $1 million on the tour this year. Yeah. And so <laughs> and so it seems like an easy decision. So this is, this, is the whole, this is the whole part of 
there's now this fight between what morally people should do and big stacks of cash, <laughs> which is, which is, which is a hard thing to, which is a hard thing, hard for me to criticize. So I, I don't mean to pivot away from this, but it yeah. made me think of something else. And I wanted okay. to ask you about your right. opinion on this, because first of all, I'm not watching a minute of the bone saw tour. Okay. Period. I don't give a flying fuck. Who's <laughs> playing golf? Wait, you're not going to Portland with me at the end of June to no. to, to 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 the to the live Portland. I will not spend a single event. dime of my money at the Bone Saw Tour. I might be going anyway. Well, we'll see. see. I, I judge you. Your blood, your hands stain blood of innocence. Anyway, <laughs> I actually was wondering why wouldn't Jeff Bezos, for instance. Why wouldn't he solve the United States housing crisis? It would be basically a drop in the bucket for him. Less than 10% of his net wealth. Yeah. And he could stop hearing about how he's a piece of shit. Like the, the, the percentage investment to like stop having people hate you is so small. It's the greed is so intense to me to mm -hmm. think that like, hey, okay, I've got 40, $80 billion, $40 billion, whatever it is these days. I could take five of that and basically solve homelessness in the country. Well, but it, and and then everyone would be like and and then no one would care if I paid my taxes right because that's sort of it's that's the either or of it right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and this, this was is, just of a piece for me right well this is the okay so in the case of in the case of your hypothetical with Bezos yeah Bezos doesn't doesn't care like, right he that's what I'm saying though. yeah he doesn't he doesn't need anyone to justify his existence for some odd reason. The Saudis at this point want to be, want to, I mean, of course, they're, they're like, there's a lot of Saudi ownership in soccer. Yeah. There's, and so now they're trying to branch into, I, wait till a Saudi tries to buy an NFL team, right? <laughs> it's it's going to get interesting because what if they roll out a bunch of money? Like people, people respond, people, you know, there's that old bit in uh, Beverly Hills Cop where they where, where Eddie Murphy roughs up uh, he goes into Gilbert Gottfried's office mm -hmm. and Gilbert Gottfried's like is there something I can put in your left hand that would make your right hand just forget that was holding something like it, you'd be looking at your left hand and your right hand would just forget right yeah and this is Gilbert. this is this is just R.I.P. Gilbert this is just that this is what can I put in your bank account that right. would make you just play golf in this league and and it's hard it's a hard it's it's hard to look away from that kind of cash it it's it, i don't i don't live that kind of lifestyle i mean i can be bought for much less for <laughs> certainly but the but those big names they've been making money a long time they get comfortable living a certain way. Right. They're not making the kind of money they were making in their late twenties, early thirties, and now they're in their mid forties. Like right. this is it. This is this is the wave that pushes me all the way to the end. And how can you? It, it would be difficult to walk away from that. It would be difficult to to say no. I just I get what they're. I, it's hard. It's a it's I I don't want to judge them, although I kind of do, but I also understand that they are pampered professional athletes who are used to a certain thing, and and this guarantees them that that posh life from here to the end. And it, you know what what do you say? Uh, go for Here's it what I say. and go for it, but. You know, we're all going to look side eye at these people for the rest of their lives, right? Everyone in the world who makes morally repugnant decisions daily tells themselves some kind of story about why they're not morally repugnant. Sure. And hey, I'm everyone's line is different, and you can make your value judgment on whether or not you're going to consume the product. I guess is is how it's going to work because we don't have there's not enough moral moral outrage to change the things that matter. So I don't see it happening for the things that don't. Exactly. It's a big world and it's hard to, it's hard to navigate these sort of currents because they come from everywhere. Like, I mean, you don't have to dig too deep into anything to find the part that you, you, 
find odious. <laughs> it's everything. And so I don't know. I just it's it's a it's a I don't have any answers really. I just it, I'm just interested to see how it plays out and and if I was a betting person, I would bet that perhaps in a few years this becomes more normal than than the than than outlier. Yeah, because we're on the Elysium timeline. This is just like way early in the process. <laughs> right. I saw someone on the internet recently say, don't be surprised when the West is on the Elysium timeline and the, and the and, uh, Federation is founded in China. Like the Star, <laughs> right? Star Trek Federation, yeah. Yeah, mm, yeah that's... Uh, yeah, I won't be surprised. All right, well... Move along. Move along. And that's our cue for... A little bit to talk about Obi-Wan. Kenobi, which you can find streaming on Disney Plus, and for the res- to respect all of our listeners, I'm really going to keep it like my complaints are not going to be specific enough really to spoil the show. And I don't really want to dig into it anyway. I'm not. That's not what we're here for. It's not what we do. Um, at least unless there's a movie that we can you know tear apart. Uh, but it, it, I'm not going to say anything about the most recent episode, which I very much enjoyed. And now I've already seen people complaining about that, and I can't deal with it. It's like if that's not what you wanted, I don't know what you what you're looking for here. Um, but the show does suffer from a, like any prequel, a, a, a lack of dramatic tension mm-hmm. because certain things happen and you're like, well, I know this is going to be resolved because this person is not going to die. <laughs> right. Th- there's no real peril here. Right. And that is my chief complaint when watching the show and like what, what was missing for me. It's just that it's, it's really, but I can get over that. Right. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. tell me a new story. Right. And then like what it calls into question about later canon of what things people say. It's like, okay, well, when you say you haven't felt, you haven't sensed this in a long time, like wh- what's a long time now? Cause now we know it's going to be less than a decade. Yeah. Right. And Cause decade, people who, and a decade's a long time. Can be. It is. It is. And I doubt that 10 years is going to go by without more interactions between four sensitive individuals. But Mm -hmm. my real gripes have more to do with the way they make the show. Mm. Like, it looks great. It's awesome. I love Ewan. He's great in the role. I love the whole theme of, like, worn out, like, superhero, right? That's that's what we need. One last job, you know what I mean? Like, this is great. It's all He's a worn out out gunfighter. It's it's Shane. He's Shane. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. Um, And, but, but why... When you're the editor, and I had the same complaint about the Book of Boba Fett. It's like when you see that 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 the Vespa chase in mm-hmm. the Book of Boba Fett, you just yeah, I don't care what it costs, you just have to cut it. Yeah, it looks terrible. You just have to cut it. I don't care what you thought was going to happen. It's bad. Right. And there were some scenes in the first two episodes of Obi Wan, particularly a foot chase involving a child <laughs> who says that she's ten and looks eight, right? But and moves like she's six. <laughs> I have a ten year old. Like ten year old's huge. <laughs> And runs like, you know, a teenager. Right. So I have real gripes about like what it looks like and what they're telling me. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I can't understand why you would have a foot chase involving a child that looks that bad. And you would just be like, you know what? We don't need this at all. It's not right. even part of the narrative. Yeah. Why leave it? Why leave it in? These are yeah. my complaints. Yes. And this is the, the other thing is you're, you're in charge of the length of the, you don't, you're not, you don't have to make this last an hour. No, yeah, it can last. It can last fifty-five minutes, or it can last a hundred. You know, an hour and five minutes. <laughs> no one's, no one's pressing you on this, and and yes. So this is the challenge. The writing challenge when you're dealing with something that's plug-in like this is like you know what the inputs are, and you know what the output is, right? And now you have this big black box that you need to fill in. Right, we've carved out this this part of the Star Wars universe. We know what came before. We know what's coming after the end. Can we make something compelling in between the input and the output? And and for the most part, I think they're creating something compelling. But it doesn't bear full scrutiny. It, it's it is a it is an oval peg in a round hole, right? It's they're they're doing the best they can. And to tell a, a fun and interesting and compelling story, but they're not going to be able to—they're not going to be able to stitch all the threads together for you. This is—it's impossible. It, from a writing perspective, it's impossible to make all the threads that came before match all the threads that came after <clears throat> into this one series. It's not—it's just not possible. You just, there's going to be there's going to be some stuff that that they either willfully ignore. <laughs> And stuff you just have to make a leap with them. They say we're gonna make this leap with us and then enjoy the story. 
And if you're not willing to do both of those things, I don't, that's where, that's where fandom gets like toxic. It gets, it just gets dumb. People just get too angry about stuff that doesn't really matter. Honestly. (laughs) Well, I think that is it. Yeah. For, I mean, I don't, we've dug into the fandom before and, and talked before about like, you know, the internet has made it hard to make a TV show mm-hmm. or, or anything of, of existing IP because people have expectations that you're simply not going to live up to. Sure. Um, and then they're, and then they're going to voice those opinions in the loudest and dumbest ways. For sure. And however they feel about new characters or whatever, I think it's, it's obviously, I think it's disgusting to single out the person, you know, a, a person of minority and, and, and make them like the, the target for your vitriol because you're unhappy with something else about the show or whatever it is you're feeling. But mm-hmm. I just, I mean, I I'm really enjoying it so far, but I just don't understand why you, I, I can't get over the fact that somebody sat and watched the dailies and got the editing bay and was like, yeah, let's keep that, that sequence. Cause it looks great and we need it. Right. It looked horrific. Like it, it there was a point where it made me laugh out loud and turn to my wife and I was like, what, what is, what is going on? Yes. Yes. That's the, that's the TV show part of, the tv show. suddenly i'm watching the cw <laughs> and that's a, what i don't like for a brief moment yes you and you are just it, cut those parts out <laughs> just cut them out i know there's people there are people probably listening to this podcast right now who understand my gripes that i've had with with solo and yeah. far be it for me to stir unfairly this maligned by you <laughs> not unfairly maligned but this is the thing i was unwilling to willfully ignore the things that bothered me and then take the leap they wanted me to take. That's, that's what it basically comes down to. And in this case, in this case, in this case, I'm, I, I've been willing. And at the end, who knows, like book of Boba Fett doesn't work for me for that exact reason. Like I can't willfully ignore the, the stuff that, that, that the bad stuff. stuff, And I'm, and I wasn't willing to take the leap with the, the British, the British street gang and their Vespas and their, their mod haircuts, the mods. That's the, that made me laugh, but it's a bad joke. I liked the pun. He says, yes, <laughs> I, the pun makes me laugh. Cause I love pun. I love stupid dad jokes, but the, but the story, the story doesn't, doesn't move me along. And, and Kenobi's been at least moving me along. So that's, that's, we'll see what happens at the end. And then I can, you know, get my arms around and say, yeah, that worked for me or it didn't. Two things since we never discussed it. Book of Boba Fett, Boba Fett just didn't know what it wanted to be. It was right. three ty- It was three different shows. And it, like, it was two episodes of one show or two or three episodes of one show and then another two episodes of a different mm-hmm. show. And then, again, um, and it, it tried to do too much and also too little at the same time. Right. Like, why not pay off the whole thing with the Tuscans? I, I don't understand why we... I mean, I get why we needed, needed that. Actually, yeah. some of the best parts of the show. Right. Anyway. And then... I just really quickly, because I want to move on, because I actually, I get, I start to get like a tension headache when you talk about Star Wars. <laughs> like, it's just like, can you just relax and enjoy it? Yeah. Like, would the you rather not no. have any? The answer is no. Did you remember <laughs> the 30 years when we didn't have any? Well, we'll talk about that. Yeah. Because um, that was crappy. And that's what has ruined it, right? And all this time for people to build all this canon in their heads, all mm-hmm. their head canon. But can we talk briefly about the fact that the prequels recap at the front of the show was the best version of the prequels and it makes me <laughs> want to come back to the idea that just recut them just recut them and re-release them i know you can make better movies just just chop them up make them cleaner mm-hmm. anakin's still ridiculous his because his line delivery is just ridiculous all yes. the time in those movies right but that whatever it was eight minutes up front mm-hmm. i was like oh this please make this makes these movies look great <laughs> i want to watch them right now <laughs> oh but you don't no i don't cut them down all right, moving on. All right, which dovetails into this idea of the legacy sequel. And uh, I'll start, first of all, with Maverick, Top Gun. And again, no spoilers, but you don't really... You already know what's happening in this movie. <laughs> this is not, you, you, before you even go, you pretty much know what's going to happen, which is why it's so awesome. Now, this is the tricky part of legacy sequel, right? You have Fan to service? Have, you have to balance it with with things that rhyme and echo, but aren't exactly the same. Like it means second verse different than the first verse. You know what I mean? Those kinds of things. This is why I think the force awakens as star Wars biggest legacy sequel, because we had that long, that long break from it. The, uh, 
you know, you bring back those older familiar faces and they have a new adventure and that's what makes, and, and the force awakens rhymed enough to where it felt like star Wars, but it was a new story. And, and regardless of how I feel about eight and nine, I think seven is very successful and it does, it does what it set out to do and it does it. And I've watched I think it the recently. only complaint is it doesn't move the ball very far, right? Right. But I, but, but, yeah. but that's, I mean, we had to jump back into that world in right. a way that made us feel warm and fuzzy and made us remember why we loved Star Wars to begin with. Yeah. And Maverick <clears throat> does exactly that. <clears throat> it moves you in a way that it's familiar. It's it, everyone's game for it. And God bless him for putting these people in real airplanes. I can't mm-hmm. tell you how much practical effects make a huge difference in a movie like this. Mm-hmm. Like CGI, while wonderful and allows you to go to places you wouldn't be able to go to, when they use CGI in a place of places you could go to, it never comes off. Right? right. It's always it's always flat. They put these people in planes and <laughs> rip them around. And it shows, and it's great, and I and and it got me thinking about the other legacy sequels that we've seen recently. And I'm going to ask you whether you think they worked or not. <clears throat> so, okay. um, Creed as a legacy sure. sequel, what did yeah, you great. what did you like about what did, what what makes that work for you? Um, I mean, I it, it it does what it needs to do, and then it brings Rocky back into someone else's life who you're invested in because you were invested in Apollo's life, mm-hmm. and you've been invested in Apollo's life because you were sad that he died. Especially if you're a certain age, that really like probably messed with you a lot. Yeah, and to see, and then and then they gave um, uh, Creed uh, Adonis Creed mm-hmm. uh, a, a relatable sort of struggle, right? Like anyone, he 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 was an avatar for both the audience and then also connected you to the past. So you got exactly what you needed out of it. And, and also I think Rocky's role was the right one and appropriate and not too much. Like he's in it the right amount, mm-hmm. which is a hard thing to do. Yeah. Cause I mean, Sly can't really talk anymore. <laughs> right. Like he's really hard to understand. Well, yeah. When he does, when he's doing his Rocky voice, it does. I don't get think little... he's doing a Rocky voice I anymore. Think I think he's... it's just what he sounds like. <laughs> no, that's a, that's a Rocky act. His, that is the Rocky character. He's a little punchy. He does it to a right. Right. Yeah. And, and, but yeah, so I think that is a very, I think it's a very good use of the legacy sequel. Like we've created a new property. We insert Rocky into it because it's his world and he's able to help, but it's not a Rocky movie. It's not Rocky six. <laughs> what would it have been? Something like Rocky six. I think it might've been Rocky six. Anyway, I love a Rocky movie. So uh, yeah, I think that one's very successful. No, it can't be Rocky Six. Now you're gonna make me do this because Rocky Five is the the Tommy Morrison one. Oh no, so Rocky, Rocky Six is Rocky Balboa, with uh, no uh, Fat Leonard with Fat Ant- Tarver. And then and then there's one more. No, that's six. That's sooner than Rocky Seven. Okay. Okay. All right. Jurassic World. Since Jurassic World's coming, so it's Jurassic Park Six, Jurassic World Three, Dominion. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I haven't seen the... the most recent one, obviously. Okay. Okay. But uh, or I mean, the one that, it's not is out yet. It's not out yet. No, right? it's not out yet. It's coming out okay. next this month. You can tell Jurassic Park as many times as you want. Yeah. Like, there's no limit to what that is. I can't say it's always going to work. Yeah. They've been creative, and but they they brought the the animals have made it to the mainland before. Yeah. I mean, now I guess they're loose, loose or coexisting. <laughs> they're double loose now. Yeah, they're extra loose. They're extra loose, but they've they've decided to get the the gang back together. Which does that does does that sort of diminish Pratt at all? That we yeah, you know, when you see old Goldblum and Laura Dern and and uh, and Sam. Anyway, no, because he's just he. Chris Pratt's character could be literally anybody. <laughs> it doesn't matter that it's him, right? And I'm not like attached to his character. I don't care. He's, it's just Star Lord does dinosaurs. <laughs> it's rampaging dinosaur. It, we're there for the dinosaurs, right? We're there for CGI right. dinosaurs, and and that. But there was a pretty big break between when they brought Jurassic World back, and I thought I thought again Jurassic World I thought was a pretty good introduction back into the Dino World. Yeah, it 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 made it fun. I I like I like it. Um. The uh, 
something a little more artsy, a little more like something like Blade Runner 2049, not to be confused with Robotron 2084, which was my favorite <laughs> video game of all time. Arcade game. Blade Runner 2049 is just a big whatever, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't think it works or doesn't work. It just doesn't matter. <laughs> it's just useless. Yeah. It's li- It'd be like if Dune, if the Chalamet Dune had just kind of sucked. Yeah. That's what, that's what the Blade Runner is, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that you'd mention it because it's directed by the same guy. The, um, yeah, because it looks just like it. <laughs> <laughs> so use, it's, it's a useless, it's not, so you're saying it's a, not, it's a poor use of the legacy or it's a non-use of the legacy sequel. Like if you didn't see it, it didn't affect your way that you, it doesn't affect the way you watch Blade Runner, the original. And, and, and you watched it, it could have very well just sort of rolled off your back. Yeah. I don't care. Like Harrison Ford shows up and you're not, you don't get a You don't get the, Ooh, you don't get a, Ooh and a, ah out of that. I think that uh, the CGI Jeff Bridges in the Tron mo- legacy movie was more impactful to me than, <laughs> Tron Legacy. How about Tron Legacy? What do you? I like Tron Legacy. You like yeah, you like yeah, Tron I like, Legacy. I do. Really? I like it. <laughs> he goes in the video game. What's not to like? <laughs> That's not Jumanji. For sure, those movies are great. You like the Jumanji? You like the Rock Jumanji movies? Absolutely. And you know, it, it's this. Should, is this a time where I should say that David Allen Greer deserved an Oscar for his performance in the original Jumanji? Yes. Yes, you can absolutely say that. I feel like I've said it before. I think I've definitely should, said it before on the internet. They should have stitched. They should have found a way to stitch him back in. I mean, that's a the. If, if well, you're, when if you're getting the, if you're getting real legacy sequel, if you're, somebody. I'm sorry, I didn't like the old men one. Right, <laughs> the, the, that's, they were, stitched that back in because they yeah. got Baby Newworth to come and like be part of the she was the bridge. Like we're gonna use her character to tie original Jumaji to like this new Jumaji. Yes. Hey, no one loves Baby Newworth more than I do, honestly. But really, seriously, uh, we don't need. I it. mean, unfortunately, Robin was not available. Unfortunately. All right. But yeah, David Allen Greer would have been good. Anyway, oh, and this is my plug for: we absolutely need a legacy sequel for Days of Thunder, and we should. We absolutely need to get Nicole back in. We need to get. Um, we need to get. I don't think Nicole is signing up for three months to get yelled at by Tom. <laughs> We should. We gotta get everybody back together. You know, everyone's in. Let's get everybody back because everybody's everybody's still working, right? John C. Riley think- could could come back to be to be the guy, and uh, and um, oh, how embarrassing for me. Um, how old is how old is um who Michael Rooker? No, yeah, well, he definitely needs to come back. He definitely can okay. work. He's definitely been working. Um. Robert Duvall? Duvall. Duvall. Okay. Like, we need to get Duvall one more good role because he's probably close to cashing it. Like, like not dying, but like Gene Hackman. Like Gene Hackman's like 92. He's still alive. He looks really good yeah, and healthy, yeah. but he just doesn't want to act. He just can't act anymore. He doesn't want yeah, don't. But yeah. Duvall needs it. We need to get Duvall before he, before he steps away for real. Maybe Gene, they can, maybe, I don't know where he's at right now physically, but I know there's a point where like, I've heard a story about Brian Dennehy, like telling a director, uh, like he had his, the blocking was for him to come in the room and deliver some lines. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to sit down at the desk. And he's like, well, no, and he's like, he's like, I don't work standing up. <laughs> yeah. I'm done working standing up. I'll, I'll, I'll read, I'll get your lines are coming, but I, I'm sitting down to do it. Well, Duvall did that. Duvall did Jack Reacher with Tom Cruise. So he, you know, he's down okay. for it. You know, he's, you know, he's, you know, he's ready to do some, some work with Tom. So again, not having seen Maverick, uh-huh. I feel like you could just make whatever, do exactly what you did. For Top Gun with Days of Thunder because Days of Thunder is just a Top Gun movie yes. anyway. Yes. Yeah. So that's why we should that's why we should grab a that's why we should grab a Days of Thunder legacy sequel. There we have All it. right. All right, we'll come up with some great ones and, and get get back to it. I, I I want some more ideas for this. I want to noodle on this for a while now that I know what you where you took this. We'll come back to it someday. All right. These days people change jobs way more frequently than they ever have before. Have you heard? <laughs> Have you heard? Have I lived it? Have I lived it? Have you enjoyed the turnover rate at your current place of business? I'm not sure what yours is, but if it's anything like mine, it's just all the time. Yes, it's, it's, um, yeah, there's a lot of mobility these days. And the question is, when is too soon to quit a new job? Have you ever started a job? Because I remember times, especially younger in my career, where I changed jobs and immediately had regrets. 
And that happened again, like more recently in my career. It's been a number of years now, but I mean, there's been jobs. I've had a lot of jobs in my life where I'm like, I need to get another job. (laughs) ASAP. Yes. I get it. The, especially when you're young and you're trying to find a, a place to, to develop or to grow. I mean, you have to try on some different places. You don't really know. This is not this is not the 1940s where you go to work at the factory that your dad worked at and then you retire from said factory with a gold watch and a pension. This is not how this works anymore. You have to right. you have to try out some places. I mean, there's no other way to have this experience other than to get into a job, say this is pretty good. And then say, I'm looking for more. This looks like a better situation to jump into it and have it just be a disaster. <laughs> then, you, then, then you've learned a lesson. How long would you have to have been working? Well, I guess what what's the over under for number of weeks you stay at SpaceX or Tesla after what the, the boss has been doing lately? <laughs> like if you started in 2022, are you looking for another job? Hmm. Maybe. Yeah. I There's... There's an there's a certain attitude that that goes on with the that that high performer set that I don't understand entirely, but maybe some people are totally like yes, let's do this. Um, and but for me personally, yeah, no, but I don't <laughs> I don't respond well to authoritarians in that regard. I just have you ever started a job and then just like been like oh actually no fuck this. No, I've never done that. I've never like walked in and said, "Oh, this is bad," and just pulled the ripcord. Or like within a couple of weeks, just been like, "Oh my god, I'm out of here." The closest I've come is I've had competing job offers. Like uh-huh. I had two job offers on the table, and one, and I think both of both of the jobs thought I would start in two weeks, <laughs> and I had to tell one of those jobs, no, "I'm not starting in two weeks. I'm taking this other job." Mm-hmm. That's about as close. And and it did come down to vibes. I mean, it came down to, I like the vibes of this other place better than I like the vibes of that other place. And, it, and uh, it turns out my instincts were correct, thank God. And I made the proper decision. But, um, but I've never sort of walked in, spent a day at work, and then said, no, nah, I'm not coming back. <laughs> Have you? What's the quickest turnaround you've ever made? Um, I quit a job through osmosis once. <laughs> I just kind of stopped going. Like they let me make my own hours and it wasn't very hard work. It was menial and it was dumb. And I just didn't like going in very much because it was, you know, I was in this office building and I found out that if I worked the off hours, I could work my, through my stuff. I was a file clerk at a law firm. Uh-huh. I could work much faster. They had a key. To, I had a key to the office. Mm-hmm. So I would go in on the weekends a lot because I just didn't like going in. And, um, I got in the habit, especially of the, this is a college summer job of if it was nice out, I'm not coming to work. <laughs> And finally, they called me and they're like, well, are you coming in today? And I was like, I wasn't planning on it. They're like, okay, well, all right. And they called me back like 10 minutes later. Well, partner whatever said, if you don't come in today, that you're, you don't come in again. I'm like, cool. Tell them I'm not coming back. <laughs> it was a fine job. It was just boring. And it was a lot of pain in the ass to get down, downtown and stuff. But so as a hiring manager, though, would you rather have some money like bail early, you know, fail fast, right? Immediately mm-hmm. or, or not, you know, I, six six eight months you kind of feel like they've been onboarded they're like they're they're starting to get to the meat of the you know finding their feet and whatever job they're having and then, then they're like you know what i'm out of here because that is the kind of thing i feel like i've experienced a lot in the last couple of years um having been stationary and in, in, in a place i like at my current role where we've had people start hmm. in a role that has been a, a, an area of need do well and then just get a better offer somewhere else and like just, six eight months in and, and then like i have to take it yeah and that's much harder to recover from than if somebody just came in and sucked and then left. Yes, that's that's true. And there's the Pollyanna in me, like from a manager standpoint, I always feel like, okay, I can I think I can get what I I think I can manage a person the way they want to be managed and get what I need out of them over the course of whatever their tenure is going to be. I would like their tenure to be somewhere between at least between a year and a half and two years, right? Yeah. Because I understand that if I'm hiring a a more closer to an entry level position where someone's getting experience, they're going to want to do other things, um, mm-hmm. and I get that. But yes, you do have to put a lot of energy into a person to get them firing on all cylinders. You hope to keep them in that sweet spot for as long as you can before they 
find something new or get disgruntled and start to tail off and then you have to like boot them out <laughs> before they figure out what the minimum required amount of work is to keep their job right right and that's the uh, yeah that's the challenge that i think managers have especially now when so many people are working remotely and uh-huh. and i had this conversation with someone just uh, this morning i said um you know, this next generation of managers is going to be at a huge disadvantage because they're not working shoulder to shoulder with their manager. They're not, they're not, you know, they're not sitting at a desk watching their manager do things and learning from just being, you know, learning by just observing their, their, their teammates work. Yeah. I think that's more important. I don't know how much of manages, manages matters for the management aspect only Mm -hmm. because I think you could, like, I learned a lot from the last manager I had, and he and I basically never worked together in person, and we wouldn't have even if the pandemic hadn't hit, because this was the nature of our relationship. It was, he was in California, I'm here, and Mm -hmm. this is how we talked. And I still, like, there's lots of things I took away from, you know, how I preferred to be managed and and understanding, like, what, you know, the people that report to me want want out of that relationship. So I think that that is, I understand where you're coming from, but I think it's, it's harder, though, and I've been dealing with this, where you don't have an opportunity to, like, coach somebody up who's struggling like in the field to do a task associated with the job that's much harder mm-hmm. and then it's all triangulation and, and negative feedback you know that kind of um you're hearing it from somebody else right i think we talked about this a little bit before but uh, is there a point like though if you hired somebody and they just they left like is there a period of time where like you write them off you're like my god you were here for three weeks i can't believe you wasted my time i'm so angry with you no i, I no. wouldn't be angry with i don't I don't get angry with people for that kind of stuff. Well, that's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. All right. So but no, the, the rest the, of my argument is pointless. I don't no, know. I just don't. I just, I just, I, you should find something you like to do. I don't, I don't really, you know, if, if, if this wasn't, I feel like if, if someone left three weeks after they were hired, that's probably on me as a hiring manager to not have spotted yeah. the spotted the problem. I would probably blame myself more than I blame that person. I'd be yeah. like, where did I mess up here? Where did I, what did I miss that this person came here, worked three weeks and fucked off. Right. And just, I just, I don't know. I, I would probably, I'd probably look more at inward than, than outward in that, in that regard, in that case. Fair enough. Let's move it along. All right. So back into, I've been watching a lot of TV lately. So, it's it's very prestige prestige series heavy right now. There's sure, a lot of yeah, good stuff a, to watch. There's a lot going on, right? There's a lot of stuff to watch, which is good and bad. But you know, the stuff now that lives on the platforms, you can kind of get to it depending upon how many spoilers you want to try to dodge. Like I'm already yeah. feeling like I'm too far behind on Stranger Things that someone's going to say something online that's going to f- completely screw the whole. And it's going to be actually Netflix. Their feed first, <laughs> like their mentions of Stranger Things, are probably gonna screw up. They're probably gonna spoil Stranger Things for you. So I need to get back into that. I need to like. I feel the need to just to to knock it out. I'll tell you this much: the the, the reveal. It, if you were to find out the major reveal that the first half of the season provided, I don't think it would ruin the experience of watching the show for you. All right. Well, that thank you for. But I still feel that in my gut. Like I want to enjoy the series, but I I've been busy doing dad stuff and all these other things and and you know maybe i can watch one episode a night and right and i already feel like i'm behind the eight ball like spoilers are looming and i'm gonna miss i'm gonna i'm gonna screw up but uh that's why i like the weekly release yeah i feel the weekly release is a little more fair or two (laughs) give me two (laughs) and give me enough that if i want to watch one more i can that's yeah or yeah you want to stay behind you want to lag behind enough or no like just release two a week oh oh you're saying okay just uh, yeah just two a week not not always just one yeah and and i think we should make it plain if if so kenobi's a wednesday release people should not be tweeting about the episode until (laughs) sunday night at the latest or the earliest because some people need the weekend to like watch yeah. these things so i get you're nerding out i get i get it i get you're excited but do it in the group chat not <laughs> in public right right don't show your privates to us on the internet 
That's what the so DX. give it a break. But the but the prestige series that I'm watching right now, which I really like, is Time Traveler's Wife, and the oh. um, the movie felt like it was rushed. Like there's a lot more to tell here. It's a really interesting premise, mm-hmm. and thankfully, a longtime showrunner of Doctor Who. Took on this project, so Stephen Moffat took on Time Traveler's Wife, and how appropriate it is for a guy who ran Doctor Who for seasons upon seasons to take over <laughs> to, sure. to do this? It makes so much it makes so much sense. the um, The leads are very compelling. Really, you're gonna the, you're up you're 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 with Theo James. You're I, riding with Theo I'm, James. He's good in this. I no. Okay, I mean, I, I didn't. I don't actually have a problem with him. He just doesn't do much when he's in stuff. I didn't. I didn't see Divergent, Convergent, Ablurgent. <laughs> I didn't see any of those movies. <laughs> so I have no, I have very little. I have very little. The you know Theo James history. So, I don't know, man. Theo James and Shailene Woodley were like two pieces of lumber <laughs> slapping together. A, t- a, a blurgent. Um, the uh, but Rose Leslie fetching, and all both of them doing American accents. But how's that working? Actually, they do a pretty good job. The okay. um, but what what um, what I see um, as the big plus is. They bring out the actual horror aspect of being oh. a time traveler. Yeah. Like, it really is shitty. It's a terrible curse. There's a, a just sidebar here. I saw a trailer for a movie starring Tilda Swinton and Ildris Elba, where Ildris Elba is a genie. What? <laughs> <laughs> And it reminded me that, and and it's funny because the premise is she doesn't want to make the wishes because she realizes that wishes are curses, really, and she and which is the which is the a conversation we had a long time ago, but this whole time travel bit and the way they played it, the, it's 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 nightmarish, and it should be. I think that I think that if you could travel through time, your life would be terrible. <laughs> it would be you would go to places. And you'd see things that you didn't want to see, and you probably wouldn't do it. You probably would have to be cajoled heavily. Like things would, stakes would have to be pretty high for you to say, "Okay, I'll do the time travel." I don't think you'd want to do it, sort of willy nilly. If you were, I don't know. It's a it's a solitary existence, right? Yeah, yeah, and that's the and that's the whole point of the 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 time traveler's wife is she's her life is running in a straight line and his sort of bebops she experiences him in many different ways along his life and so and so the 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 stakes are such that she feels things have already happened and things have happened because they happened this way and they've happened because she's interacted with way and she feels like she's on a she's on a path that she can't get off of while he seems to be on a path his path that he can't get off of is strange and i love the way they've played it i think it's 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 very clever they're handling it very well i think it's a it's a strong recommend for me um yeah. i think it 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 bring up a lot of thoughts on how clever they are about making it work because time travel very rarely works cleanly and they've made it work much, much better than, than any, I think anyone's ever done time travel stuff. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'll have to queue it up. I, uh, we finished stranger things and it's a good watch with the wife. I think it's a good watch with the wife as well. Paramount finally put Yellowstone like uh, in a place where I don't have to subscribe to Paramount plus to watch it. Mm. And so that's what I'm watching. Oh, starting that up. I'm watching Cowboys Commit Murders. <laughs> <laughs> Cowboys Sons of Anarchy. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Anyway. Anyway, watch it. Uh, maybe we'll, uh, we'll, we will maybe we can talk about it a little more later. All right. If I check it out, I'll let you know. Yeah. All right. Well, we have cleaned our plates, and you know what that means. Now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready! <laughs> Dad jokes of the week. Woo! <laughs> Good. See, you got it now. Did it with the, the crowd. Well done. All right. My girlfriend borrowed $100 from me 
After three years, when we separated, she returned exactly $100. I lost interest in the relationship. <laughs> Whenever I go to funerals, I think, you've, I think you've told this one. I always say plethora. People tell me it means a lot to them. <laughs> yeah, there's a, the form of that joke was, um, went to a funeral, stand up, and said plethora. And the, the widow turns and says, that means a lot. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. My grandma is 80% Irish. People call her Iris. It's <laughs> really bad. bad. For his birthday, I got my son an alarm clock that swears at him instead of beeping. He's in for a rude awakening. <laughs> Indeed. I've lost a lot of weight just by wearing bread on my head. It's a new loaf hat diet I'm trying. <laughs> you, need to, you need to clean up that punchline, my man. Uh, I was trying not to laugh it's already. It's a new loaf hat of hat. diet. Yeah. It's pretty good. Yeah, I like it. Um, sorry, I lost my final. Uh, I'm doing a terrible job now. Uh, okay, my friends love scaring the crap out of me. With friends like that, who needs enemas? <laughs> what do you got all right I, I need that now that now this the back half of this joke doesn't all right I'll, I'll just tell how i wrote it but i think i could clean this up all right okay i'm releasing my five-part beastie boys documentary they didn't have problems with parts a through d but it looks like i'm gonna have to fight for my right to part e okay i like that <laughs> i like it why didn't you want to what didn't you like i don't i didn't know if the i didn't know if the i didn't know if the the rights the part i needed i did i didn't know if i needed to set up the rights better but i think it works out i don't think it matters yeah in the context i found the closer here's the closer. Right, here we this go. Is what i had well, what do you want me to put for your password chicken it needs a capital chicken keeve <laughs> chicken key Com- computer humor <laughs> don't you boo do yourself you What's that? All right, well, you know what time it is. Overtime. Do you have anything for the overtime? <laughs> I don't. And it's not in the rundown. No, it's not. And, you know, I we're right at about an hour. But I will have to say that, that over the past two weeks or so, this is the, the end of, the, end of uh, the music season. So I've been to a lot of student concerts lately. Oh, sure, yeah. yeah. And, and I take huge offense to that. There's this commercial that runs. Have you seen this car commercial where the woman is sitting in her car and the youth the youth orchestra is playing just a shitty version of Beethoven or something? And so no. and so she rolls up the windows so she doesn't have to hear these kids play this shitty version of whatever classical music sure. they're playing. I'm wholly offended by that because <laughs> because I've sat through these and even when the kids aren't aren't play aren't playing the the the, the numbers well. That they've worked their asses off to to get to this point. I mean, yes, they're not the New York Philharmonic, but there's no right. reason to close your windows and roll your seat back so you don't have to listen to these young musicians who have been practicing their instruments for months on end to try to put a show for you, lady. Show some so respect. So you don't care if people quit their job, but you're getting upset at a fictional woman in a commercial yes. about disrespecting the children. Yes, <laughs> and because because it tells because the advertiser for this 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 automobile is telling you that 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 those the the effort those children have put in to try to put on this this orchestra performance for you doesn't matter and you should ignore them you should you should do your best to 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 get away from them to to shut them out. And to disrespect the their the the effort they've put into it. In my experience, most kids in the band are only learning the number well enough to not get specifically called out for ruining that's, it. That's but that's that's what that's what being in a band is all about. <laughs> I've been in a band. I've been bands long enough to know that the 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 person you don't want to be in the band is the one who screws up the song. That's that's that should be a motivation enough for for most people who play music. I'll never forget Phil screaming F at me on stage. <laughs> Actual F, play F. Not, yeah. not the word yeah. F. No, not the word F. Like, he turns and looks like, F, F! <laughs> I'm like, there's three people here. Nobody cares. <laughs> we care. Anyway. It wasn't my finest performance. 
that's our show. Our thanks to all of you for listening to Two on Three Pod, where we endlessly pursue life's ideal recipe for a moose bouche. Subscribe, review, tell your friends and your enemies, and meet us here next time. But until then, peace.